0: Back to the Ten Pin Project Podcast. Tyler Reagan here, your host, missing Josh Turner today. He's got some stuff going on, but we want to get this podcast episode out to you because it's a special one. This is really fun. Uh, the one and only Bob Goff is on the podcast today. Bob has been a longtime friend. And um, we actually partner together when we do our on-site trips out to the Oaks in San Diego, California. And uh, that's a place that Bob and our good friend Miles uh Co own and work at and do workshops at. So, Bob is an author, New York Times bestseller, does stuff all over the world, um, has incredible stories, and has been a very faithful part of the 1010 project. And uh, super grateful for him. So, that's coming up in just a minute. Uh, my interview with Bob Goff. A couple of things to let you know about uh, we've got a trip starting, kicking off in October. Uh, we got a group that just graduated back in January, oh, excuse me, in June. And it was a great, uh, great f- kickoff to their new season after 12 months of being together. Those guys are very tight, and the community is pretty amazing. And then we've got, again, a new group kicking off in October. I think we might actually have one spot for that. Uh, we're heading up to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, slash Nebraska. Going to do some uh, some pheasant hunting, going to do some golf, some fishing. And that'll kick off an incredible 12-month adventure for that group. And then, if you're interested, we also will be kicking off trips like we have the last few years, Uh, snowmobiling in Jackson Hole. Those are towards the end of February. So uh, we are filling up those trips as we speak. We've got some stuff we're working on to try to get the cost, uh, continue to bring the cost down to where more and more people can access and be a part of what we're doing with 1010. However, we also fight really hard for this process and this program, and it's worth the money that you put into it. I don't know that we've had a, a leader who's gone through it say that it wasn't worth what they've put into it. And so Just pray about that for you. And if it's something you're interested in, please go to our website, 1010project.com, and connect with us there. So uh, we've got some amazing partners. I want to highlight uh, one of them. You know, Convoy of Hope has uh, been with us from early on, and they're doing still amazing work in the Ukraine with disaster relief. But today I want to highlight Compassion International. Many of you know about Compassion, they serve in many countries. I think last I heard, 30 countries, 28, 30 countries all over the world who uh, are taking care and sponsoring children. We have a child uh, that we sponsor in Peru, and his name is um, Stalin, great kid. I met him when he was four, and we've just continued to serve and sponsor with him and communicate with him as he has grown. He's about the age uh, of our youngest, and so it's been fun to watch that um, relationship develop over the years. But Compassion just does amazing work, not just overseas, but they serve the local church here in the U.S. incredibly well. And so uh, if you want to find out more, you can go to Compassion.com. Dot org and uh, learn more about what they do, how they do that, and it'd be cool if we had some ten ten people decide to uh, sponsor kids and get involved in that way. So, anyway, without further ado, thanks for listening to this uh, update. We're gonna keep some podcasts coming at you. Uh, we've just been getting settled. I've been moving. I moved to Orlando, so I'm getting settled. Josh is getting settled in some new role stuff and and uh, work that he's doing. And so um, we've got some new podcasts coming up. We've got some players that are jumping on the team with us and. Uh, there's just a lot going on, so grateful for you as listeners, grateful for my friend Bob Goff. Bob and I met years ago and have done a lot of life together. Bob is a, a, a lawyer, I guess he's, I was going to say former lawyer, but he is still a lawyer, does some amazing stuff. Um, he's the consul uh, to Uganda, so he loves telling the story about how he has little flags on his cars when he goes to um, Uganda, and uh, he's hes an official Diplomat, but has done amazing things. Um, One of the first stories I ever heard about Bob was that he tried and convicted the very first witch doctor um, trial, basically, in Uganda history and won. And so he just fights for justice, but he also fights for uh, whimsy and fights for fun and fights for our dreams. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, fights for leaders to stay in the game, which is what we believe in. So Uh, Without further ado, here's my conversation with the one and only, and that is a true statement, the legendary Bob Goff. Welcome back to the 1010 Project Podcast. And uh, for me, anytime I get to introduce my friends to my other friends, I know this is one of your favorite things to do. It's like a treat beyond treat. So we have Bob Goff, a longtime friend of mine, and honestly, a friend of many of yours, even though you probably never met him. Uh, He is just uh, a special, special dear friend to me and my family. And so, Bob, it's great to have you on the 1010 Project
1: Podcast. Oh, likewise. Not only good to see you, but man, you're a voice that I really respect in my life. And and, you know, when you did say that, we have been through a long arc of things. Like, we've <laughs> yeah. just, it's been really good. And we've been able to be authentic with one another and humble and kind and like, just like, you know, the full range. And so yep. it yep. isn't just always friendships that are the deep ones aren't just yeah. marked by a bunch of yippy skippy, but just like that there's some solid stuff. And so I'm just thinking, uh, collect those people around you, yeah. find yeah. some people in your orbit uh, whose voices you trust and you're certainly one of them
0: thanks bob you um for the record i don't know if you knew this but so my my oldest nate you remember giving him a medal at Mo's. he he turns oh, 15 okay. today oh my and gosh. uh this summer they had to read for the new school we're at here in orlando they had to read a non-fiction book and guess which book he picked
1: <laughs> yours
0: no i wish <laughs> he, he picked undistracted he hadn't oh. read it he saw it he's like i want to read he hasn't Stop reading every night. He goes to bed, he's reading it. And so, uh, oh, he just you, you're still having a, a lasting impact on the Reagan, uh, clan oh, down man. here.
1: Have him give me a call sometime.
0: <laughs> I will. So, Bob, for those that maybe don't know you, if they've been, um, out of the loop for a while, I don't know, but like. What's going on in Bob's world these days? You know, I know, you've been a lawyer for your career, and then you've stepped into a lot of Christian um, speaking, writing, um, workshops. What's going on in Bob Bob Golf's world these days?
1: Yeah, these days I'm uh, thinking about uh, where I am on the game board. We get about 4,000 weeks, each of us. Couple times uh, you'll get uh, less than that because some health stuff will come up and uh, if you got all the right DNA, maybe you'll get 5,000, probably not. Um, but with, uh, but, but, with the time that you have remaining, uh, what are you going to do? And I don't care if you're uh, two or 102, it's really good to just say, so where am I at? And then, uh, strategically what makes sense, but this isn't like a dry business stat- strategy. It's like strategic whimsy to just say, okay, what are some things that I won't be able to do later? That I actually can do now, like I can move around pretty good. And so I've been riding a horse a lot. Uh, We're at it. We've got a place and we, they've got some horses there. And so I get on them because that ain't going to happen at 100. (laughs) But it can happen now. Yeah, Um, I got on a bull briefly. (laughs) <laughs> we have one of those.
0: Was it named uh, Fu Manchu by any chance? Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was on that briefly. And then, so, uh, and it isn't just this uh, going on a hedonistic bender. Like, yeah. you know, I, I I don't have a bucket list. Everything, uh, I could put in the bucket the three things I don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, so like you, I have like a zest for life, but I'm just trying to be strategic. And uh, a change for me, among others, is less big gatherings and more small gatherings. So yeah. um uh so you probably won't see me in a big gathering in front of a lot of people but you might see me in a small gathering with a couple of people. Yeah, why um, is that, Bob? Yeah, it's not a vote against the big gatherings. Those are terrific in their own way. Um but I think I just rather go a little bit deeper yeah. with a fewer people. Um, it's just a different kind of good. Like the big gatherings are mm-hmm. great because you get all the dopamine hits are happening and everybody's ricocheting off each other. Like there's a lot of energy in the room. Um, but, but I think I'm pivoting a little bit. I'm finding myself wanting to have like the conversations with like, like we're having now. Yeah. just be real and say, Hey, what's working? What's not working? What are some incremental changes I can make? You just can't have that in front of a lot of people at the same time. You can yeah. raise the question, uh, which is good, but then pursuing the answer. I think that's what I have uh, keener attention to. So I'm thinking a lot these days about what's adjacent to me. Yeah. Who do I allow to be adjacent to me? What things do I take on? Uh, because, gosh, as a flaming seven, I want to do it all. Like yeah. it all looks good. Yeah. Um, Again, shot out of a cannon sounds terrific. Uh, <laughs> uh, however, that strategic whimsy, I want to say, hey, would that be the best uh, thing? Yeah. And, uh, you know, being a body cast for the next six months could have some upside. Maybe that's just what you need. <laughs> Slow right. you
0: down a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then other times you go like, oh, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope that like- Yeah, uh, for sure. Questions. Yeah, just kind of scaling it. Back a little bit. I've got grandkids now. Yeah. Wanna, uh, the assumption for most of my life, and maybe uh, a number of your leaders can think of this, is that dad's gone. Like, dad is, he'll be home for supper, but he's elsewhere. He's in Ohio yeah. uh, during the day. Uh, but I want to flip the assumption that dad's home. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when the grandkids come by, I want him to think, oh, yeah, of course he's home.
0: That's where he uh, lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what he does. He's always yeah. at home. And I think that's what I wanted to change up.
0: That's good, Bob. That's uh, part of why we moved to Orlando. Truthfully, like I realized that 60, 70% of my travel was here to central Florida. And this allows me to go to a meeting 45 minutes away and be home for dinner or basketball or golf or whatever that is. And, um, you know, it's just trying to be faithful to that exact that that exact idea, and I think even what you just talked about with these big groups, you know, we we've, we've both been a part of big events, small events, and what I even with ten ten, what we've realized for years, we could have a two day big event, but there's no tail to it. There's no long term sustainable growth community, what safety, whatever those things are, and so that's been a huge part of of our heartbeat as we've been trying to serve pastors. Is I mean, you got to have a safe space. You got to have a place where you can ask those hard questions, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where you can, uh, you can kind of drop that idea and it is like, you're faking it. But um, if I'm like the balloon guy and I'm always like happy Bob, Yeah. Uh, then if I take on a go on the stage and some difficult things have happened, if I become like happy Bob, we can like access that. We, each of us know how to be how people characterize us or see us, uh, but then we become a caricature of right. who we really are. Right. And this whole mis- mysterious thing about faith is that we're new creations. So, I want to get like in touch with new Bob? Like, what's he dreaming about? What yeah. does he want? What do the people around him need? And it, not make it Bob centric, yeah. But to just say uh, we've talked about that before. Not ask like, how's my life working for me? but to ask, uh, uh, how's my life working for you? Mm. Uh, because that would be a really better question to ask. And I've asked that, of sweet Marie. And I remember her telling me, she said, I love you. Like I love to breathe, but your life is not working for me mm. Isn't that, uh, painful and honest to say, but we got to have the guts to ask the question. Yeah. Uh, I-, I love the tradition of, uh, when I started each new job in different careers, I had, um, I would write my resignation letter on day one. Yeah. Uh, I would address it to my new boss. I'd give it to Maria stamped addressed. And I told her if this job gets in between me and my faith or me and you, uh, just mail that thing in like, you don't even need to tell me I'll find out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Is it?
1: Yeah. So if you could do that now, there's some people listening right now that are puckering up a little bit because they're like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, if I gave that to my spouse." they would run to the mailbox, they'd FedEx that thing so fast. And so it's good to ask that question. I wonder where that where the friction point is doesn't make anybody the hero or anybody the victim necessarily. But I want to move to participation, because that's what God's asking us for participation. He doesn't need our life to be up into the right, uh, like to just be more Uh, understanding of what he's doing uniquely in us. yeah. Uh, And I got to keep my eyes on my own paper, not see all the terrific things he's doing at 1010 and say like, wow, I wish I could do those things. But to just celebrate what God is doing in this group of people that you've assembled and just say like, okay, where does that go from here? And are there things I can understand better about me?
0: Yeah, Bob, you, uh, you know, our heartbeat is, longevity and people keeping people in ministry. I just talked to a I texted a friend this morning who I went to seminary with, who, um, you know, we were talking about different things and he's running a taco shop now, he said, cause he, he burned out. He didn't, he isolated, he didn't, he didn't put himself in position to, um, and nobody taught him that, you know, nobody trained him that like you've done this for a, a long time now, whether it's the law practice or the different things you've done. Has there been a time, you just kind of mentioned one, but has there been a time where you didn't handle it so well and you realize if I don't do something now, like, how have you stayed in the game this long, you know what I mean, what does that look like for you.
1: Yeah, part of it is uh, when I was a lawyer, I practiced for gosh it was over 30 years, and here's the crazy crazy part, I never lost a case. Isn't that crazy? It wasn't because I was an awesome lawyer. I was an awesome picker. I was about to say selection. (laughs) I only pick cases nobody could lose. You could have your pet dog be the lawyer and that dog would have won. So what to to work, cultivate within you like that good picker, like who are Mm -hmm. the people that you're going to allow to be adjacent to you? Um, uh, And then as we refine and define that to say who are the loudest voices in my life right now? Um, I think some of the low points for me is when there've been like, uh, friendships where it feels like a, uh, like just somebody did something that was just not reflective of where the friendship yeah. I thought was. Um, and so what we can do is we make rules for ourselves. Like think back in junior high, you let, like Sally a lot and she kind of like winked at you and. Uh, And then you and Sally weren't a thing someday over, you know, pronto pups at lunchtime, you called the thing off. Uh, And then you made this thing, this rule with yourself, I'll never love again, right? Or you risk, you, I don't know, get a stock or go out on a date or uh, try doing something new and it doesn't work out. Sometimes what we do is we make rules like I will never I will always, and I just want to revisit some of the rules that we've made for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Um, And I think that will help us with our longevity to just, once we can see it, then we can understand it. Then we can bring it to Jesus to fix it, right? That idea make your requests known to God, but God says, I know before you ask. So it's really just making this stuff known to yourself so you can articulate it to a father in heaven. And maybe some of us have made rules. I know I have about this relationship with God, like how that works. Um, Some people are just beating themselves up. And man, if that's you, I want to just tell you, stop hitting yourself. You're not a piñata, and that is not candy falling out of you. <laughs> and so to say, uh, evaluate, just kind of understand, maybe whiteboard that a little bit. So what are the rules I made about relationships? What's my relationship with ambiguity? What are the rules I made? Ambiguity is bad, um, or ambiguity is great. Or to say, I don't know, it depends. Like in relationships, not so good. Uh, but an honest prayer from a dad in Mark nine, like I believe just help my disbelief. Yeah. Like help the parts I don't believe. That's just an honest prayer. I mean, that got uh, column inches in the scriptures and I, I want to just get real with that.
0: That's good. So Bob, you um, love does, was that your first book? I, th- I think it, it was. was. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. So love, love does came out and kind of connected you to the Christian community more than you've probably ever been before. What What's, because I want to move into this new book, Unattracted, because I feel like it is so timely and I'm, I'm fascinated about, uh, you know, what stirred in you to write it because you, I remember you telling me one time, you're like, if you're not an enneagram seven, the test is wrong. <laughs> 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 but I actually am a two, which is a helper. I have yeah. a lot of, I got a lot of seven in me, Bob, though, you, you know that, but. You're enthusiastic
1: um, helper. That's true that is true yeah.
0: but um with wh- why do you think love does struck such a chord it's you know it's clearly an outward uh response it's an outward behavior i know it we all know it has an inward inward working that requires that right uh because undistracted feels much more of an inward look it feels like an inward focus is that fair
1: yeah if you said uh like the evolution of some of these books like love does was let's go get a puppy yeah (laughs) get a puppy like to just say get over here i know you may be coming from all kinds of different things and some people have been what i would call church adjacent that they're they're not mad at the church. They're just say like, yeah, whatever, like right. they're across the street down a bit um, and they watch what's happening and they scratch their head. And um, so I would oftentimes characterize myself as church adjacent that I'm, I get it bright of Christ I'm in. Um, but sometimes the the way that uh, starting with me that I love people is so flawed, yeah, uh, so deeply flawed that it would make me wonder like, wow, I hear what you're saying, but then I see all the selfishness. Now, now I'm hitting myself. I think we just take a realistic look uh, at our life. So then the next book was everybody always. So after yep. like, let's get a puppy was like, let's train the puppy. This idea of like loving people who are difficult. And here's the newsflash for all of you listening. You're the people I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the people I'm you, talking right, to about. We
0: represent the people.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're the difficult ones. Uh, we're the ones that are, we're not as lovely as we think that we are. Uh, and then after that was a, uh, a devotional because I really, I'm a scriptures guy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just see me as like Tigger or something, but I'm like full team scripture. I mean, I, I, I don't sit down and memorize. I just somehow memorize stuff. I just know it. But uh, I pulled all the Bible verses out of my book. Somebody called and said, "I don't think there's enough Bible verses in your book." I'm like, "You need to read it more closely. There are no Bible verses." In my book. <laughs> if you want to buy bi- uh, like a Bible verse, read the Bible. It's full of them. It seems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, but I wanted to write a devotional because I really, that is my heartbeat is yeah. the authoritative word of God. Like, uh, but you can be super serious about scriptures, but in the same time, super welcoming to people right. that have a different camera angle on things. And I think this side of heaven, uh, all the stuff at uh, Matthew five, mm-hmm. like, uh, you've heard it said, but now I say you've heard it said, but now I say all, over and over with a big climax being, you know, love your enemies. Um, But I I think that we're going to spend eternity uh, finding out from God about these things we thought we were positive about, uh, that it was a different camera angle that he had on it. So uh, there was a devotional. Then after that, Dream Big, uh, I wanted people to not just think about it, but like do something about it. Uh, I I was uh, a young guy called me up and uh, I said, so what do you want? Like, that's what Jesus asked all the blind guys when they met. I don't think Jesus was confused. I think he wanted to know, like, do you know what you want? It's not a test, uh, but it's a great question to ask. He said, I just want to glorify the Lord. And I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) Like, that doesn't, that has no meaning to me. It It sounds like a... Uh, phrase that somebody learned along the way. And it's <laughs> laden with purpose. I mean, if you tease that apart, it could mean something really beautiful. I just want to say, like, let's not dumb it down. Let's just make it understandable. Let's understand what we want. And then let's vet it and say, why do we want it? And then number three, let's say, what are we going to do about it? And the <laughs> thing getting in the way of me doing all of that is being distracted. (laughs) I'm I'm having a hard
0: time picturing
1: that, Bob. Yeah, (laughs) like squirrel. Uh, Uh, So, um, so you write the books that you need. Uh, And I find that the things I get distracted by other people's opinions or loud voices, I get distracted by their angst, like they walk in the room and just everything is all uptight. And I just want to think and Um, If you've ever seen me speak well, and uh, you've actually been the big speaker at a bunch of stuff I've tended to like. um, So when I go up there, I always have a music stand with me and everybody thinks there's something on the music stand. There's nothing on the music stand. What happens to me? I am so weird. If there's somebody in the front row jiggling their leg, I get so distracted. There could be 5,000 people in the room all I'll see is this yeah. leg jiggler. Now they're not the one with the problem. I'm the guy with the hang up. I just the only thing I can see. And so what I do is I take the music stand and I put it between me and whatever's distracting. And the me. leg jiggler. Yeah. They're, they're just happy or nervous or have some extra energy or whatever. I'm the dude with the hang up. And so find out your little piccadillos, find out what's distracting you. It could be comparison that's distracting. It can be you know, finances are, these are real distracting. They're petty things. You could say I have all this pressure on me, or I'm out of sync with this person, a work colleague, or a person who used to be close to me, and then decide what you're going to do about that. What can I put in between me and whatever's distracting me? Sometimes it's a a music stand that's empty. Sometimes it's a conversation that's full. Maybe you need to have that conversation and just say, you know, this it got kind of wonky there. And instead of saying, you don't need to get wrapped around the axle with a big murder boarding, all the pieces with somebody, but you might try to understand it yourself. These were the big pieces. It felt like a betrayal. It felt like uh, this no, don't make yourself out the victim in this thing. What you're doing is you're the student of this thing. So I'm just trying to understand what that is. And then, did I, where were the things that I did that? Put this in motion, um, so I can do a better job. Don't hit yourself with a stick, uh, but maybe have the conversation or decide, I'm not going to allow that person to be adjacent to me. That Proverbs 4:23 above all us to guard your heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying make a hit list of here are the, you know, bad guys. Nixon did that; didn't work out that great for him. Um, so to just say, there's some people that when I allow them to be adjacent to me. That good things don't happen. I'm not seeing good things in my life, and so what I'm going to do is just air gap that a little bit.
0: Yeah, a friend of ours used to say, "You got to uh, weed your friend garden sometimes." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's, I'm, I'm it's just
1: thinking. Yeah, uh, you know, because I'm a big Disney fan. Those right. trees on Main Street uh, are all the same size, like. Uh, if they were planted 70 years ago, their trunks would be five feet around, but it would rack to scale what's going on main street. So they keep replanting the trees. They plant smaller ones there so that it's main street always looks like it's growing. It's and, crazy. Uh, and so what if we do that? Just maybe if you've seen two trees that are planted a little too close together and the limbs are all intertwined, you have like two whack trees at the end. To say replant it, uh, a couple friendships with a little bit larger space in between. Let That's everybody's good. limbs grow a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Uh, in chapter four, Bob, I liked how you set up this chapter. You talk about, I'm going to read it, but the distraction can capture your calendar and hijack your happiness. Like, talk about that for a second, because I think what we're living in a day and age where busyness is a sign of power, of authority, of success. And yet we're all feeling this, this hijacked reality of, I'm not getting to do any of the things I want to do. I'm doing what everybody else wants me to do. How, how, how have you kind of reconciled that in your mind?
1: Yeah, part of it is just some really healthy self-analysis. If every you know, uh, thing I post has got my monster house in the background, I need to ask, like why am I doing that? What am I trying to project? Am I trying to project that yeah. I'm a successful guy and all that if I'm uh, all my posts are me on a great big stage in front of if I, project, and it could be really good. No, you could say like, no, 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 I'm trying to celebrate this really neat thing I've created. I'm trying to celebrate this really neat gathering that happened. Like, so it can be good. I'm not uh, saying up or down on that. I'm just saying, let's just take a look at it. Yeah. And if we can take a look at it, then what we do is we understand why we're doing what we're doing. And then we can enter into that. So I'm not like about like anybody who whatever, that's a stupid rule. Um, and to get inside other people's minds and try to assume why they're doing what they're doing. That uh, can be dangerous turf if you're really not. What did Leo Buscaglia say once? Like, get out of my mind with your dirty feet. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't like that. That sounds gross, but I get it. Like, it's true because they're walking around and they don't need to be in there.
1: No, just like tend to your own fire. Just to yeah. say, man, I, what I want to do is grow some beautiful things. You could start with the fruits of the spirit. You could just say, I want to work on kindness. I want to work on patience. For myself, instead of being real uptight, you know what I did at a really practical level. Uh, When you come back out to San Diego, I bought this old '71 Volkswagen, and uh, you know, downhill with a stiff breeze behind (laughs) you, it might hit 40 at Uh, best. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what I drive around, uh, and I really like it because. I don't try to speed because it doesn't. Like <laughs> I just doesn't have it in it. Um, and what I've found in such a silly way is I just chill out. So what we can do is this uh, this strategic whimsy, like to just say, "Hey, what can I do to slow things down a little bit?" Right. Is to literally slow things down a little bit. Like if you're working on patients, buy a dumpy. 50 year old car, not because it's classic, it just doesn't have anything in it. Right. Um, and the gas mileage isn't that great either, but <laughs> it's just like, it'll get there. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I love what I'm seeing in my life. So being wonderfully inefficient in yeah. relationships, yeah. instead of just saying, hey, I have a two o'clock and a three o'clock, those are telltale signs that you're driven by uh, the meeting by the appointment, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're on the bad list for saying that. But to say, I get the opportunity to talk to my friend uh, today at two o'clock. I wonder what's going on in there. Philippians 220. Paul talking about Timothy, take a genuine interest in the other people. So if we could say, I'm wondering what's happening in their life. And I wonder if there's anything I can do to help.
0: Yeah, I, Bob, I get asked, I know you do too a lot, like what's one of your favorite leadership things or what's a principle you try to live by? And something that you just said is something I try to do on a consistent basis. Anytime uh, somebody's name pops across my mind or heart that maybe it's somebody I haven't seen in a while or somebody I haven't connected, I just literally try to send them a text that just says, hey, I was thinking about you today. I hope you're doing well. I, I did that with a friend in Australia uh, today who has, <clears throat> I'm sure gone through some stuff recently. And I know they, that for sure. And I just said, Hey, I was been thinking about you. I just spent a minute praying for you. I hope you're good. Like yeah, n- nothing more than that, but man, the conversations that follow from that are incredible.
1: Yeah. How many people have gotten a, like a video message from insert your name or your friend here, but I'm thinking of Mike McDonald right now. Yeah, Quick little 10 second video. He's stuck in traffic somewhere. Uh, just thinking about uh, wondering, like those kinds of things. Let those be mile markers for you to just yeah. say, hey, I wonder what would happen if I put my unique spin on that? Uh, and that you're not making a big deal about it. You're just doing it because it's a good thing to do. And then you'll find uh, less of an emphasis on career and more of an interest, emphasis on character. Yeah, uh, because it'll be the sum of your character, not the like series of careers that you've had. That's right. That will be because someday I'm going to end up in a jar, and you are too. <laughs> uh, and so when people ask me, like, why do I write books? Like, I want something to lean up against the jar. I want to That's leave. That's a good idea. Behind. Yeah, I'm just so like, when that happens, I want my kids, kids, kids to know a camera angle on life. It's not the camera angle on life, but like, uh, and so cultivate those things. Let's make sure in the midst of all the important, really neat things that you're doing, that we're giving some airtime to the, like the lasting part, not like a focus on will this work, but maybe a new screenshot to say, will this last?
0: Yeah. I've got two last questions, Bob, as we wrap up and one of them comes from that. I found this little gem in the epilogue of Undistracted and I love what you said. You just said this. I'm watching the words I say these days because I don't I'm always mindful I never want to be shooting blanks and that some of my words are too costly. Um talk about that for just a second because man, if that's something that I have struggled with in my own career, my own life, my own family is sometimes saying words that are irrelevant sometimes words that sting that I didn't need to say (laughs) like talk about that for just a second
1: yeah so a couple strategies there one all the obvious stuff of just like slow down the cadence yeah don't feel like you need to win and I'm a guy who wins arguments for a living but I'm not trying to be right I'm trying to be Jesus and that and I'm not making it I'm not doing a great job at that I'm not trying to beat myself up about that but I want to trend towards Jesus and There's something beautiful about just shut up. Like, just don't feel like you need to, like, have the last word. Uh, You just, instead of uh, finding the fights to win, what if you figure out what are the fights worth losing? Yeah. Um, To say some of the big issues. You don't need to be right and then make somebody else wrong. If you're right, just... Quietly celebrate, I'm right. <laughs> and then just delight in the fact that you're right, but you don't need to win the argument to satisfy yourself that you're right. So yeah. I'm doing that. And then also that the shelf life of some of these words that you're saying uh, to be maybe a little wiser to say, could I air gap between me and that? I'm not saying chicken out. I'm just saying, could I put that uh, uh, music stand between me and whatever that thing is? Right. have Somebody else. Talk to them. I'm not saying take a lower road. I'm just saying in HR, you don't need to be the person that sorts out everything for everybody. That's right. Could you? Could we have a a, a focal point? Everybody goes to them, and then you could have some really candid, trusting conversations with that person, and then they could do it. So every relationship's different and business organizations are different, but I think that using a little bit of wisdom to just say, Hey, what are the ones you can go back to the book of uh, numbers and find some great wisdom on how do we do what we do find the book of judges, got some great, like, let's put people in charge of things. So uh, whether it's a big organization or a great big family um, to find a different way to communicate and the feedback loops pretty fast. Yeah. Like, you know, what gets people anxious and you know what gets people engaged and I want people engaged.
0: Yeah. So last question, Bob, you know, our heartbeat is to try to help pastors, men and women leaders stay, stay connected to really their faith, but just themselves be able to stay in the game for a long period of time for the, and I've, i I don't think you're probably similar to me. Uh, I'm tired of being, I'm tired of not being surprised when we lose a friend to ministry, when we lose a friend to pick the reason they walk away from their job. And there's a lot right now, right? The great resignation, the silent resignation, all the things happen in a culture are not, um, they're not separate from what we're seeing in ministry. And so what would you say to our friends who are burned out maybe? right on that edge of, of wanting to give up the thing they've been spending their days on, uh, how would you encourage them uh, today as we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I, what's our great friend, uh, Steve Carter, didn't he re- do a book recently, The Thing Underneath the Thing? Yeah, I yeah. I really love that guy. Uh, but the, to say what's prompting that, what's the, there's usually a core thing. If you've got something going on, I'm dissatisfied and feeling like there's this uh, ceiling on me than to just say, where's that coming from? Uh, I don't know if you get as much junk mail as I do, but I, uh, get this stuff by the foot and I look at the return address. I just say, is this from somebody I know? Yeah. And if it isn't from somebody I know and trust, then I, I don't read it. And some of us are reading the junk mail. Yeah. Like we're reading past clippings or other people's clippings. I would just want to say, what's the return address? And you'll know it's coming from Jesus if it squares with the scriptures, um so that's a great one so it isn't because like my gut told me it did or mm-hmm. whatever just like i'm like full apostle paul like just go check it against the scriptures check everything uh that either one of us have said in this podcast yep. against scripture and if it ain't right Galatians uh galatians 1:60, even if an angel of heaven comes down and says a new gospel just like run out of the room um so if we just kind of check it against scripture that's a great way to go, And that isn't like a Sunday school answer. I just say, slow down the cadence a little bit and to say, hey, is this restlessness something that has the return address of heaven? Does, I'm getting in touch with the new creation that God's up to something. And let's, uh, I don't uh, tend as a seven to put a toe in the water, kind of grab my knees and do a cannonball. Yeah. And so you got to decide, is this a toe in the water deal or a cannonball?
0: That's good. Well, Bob, uh, one of our pillars for what we teach the the leaders we work with is to do this for a long haul, you got to have great friends. And I would uh, consider you one of those for me. And, and you've lifted my arms in seasons, Bob, that uh, you didn't have to, and I'm very grateful for that. And so um, just want to say thanks for people that want to, uh, I know you put your phone number in too many places, Bob, by the way, I've been with you when you get some of those phone calls and it's <laughs> fascinating, but uh is love does.org maybe the best place for people to know about you know the nonprofit you do where, where yeah, would you totally. where would you yeah. send people
1: i'm an easy guy to find um but yeah yeah so uh, i just want to affirm the stuff that i've seen you doing uh, at 1010 like uh, i'm like the guy that's watching from afar but i've been close enough to see what's happening in men's lives yeah. um and i just want to affirm this isn't an infomercial i'm just telling you what i saw Uh, people say, this is like your testimony, like, no, no, no. I just, I just, I saw people getting real. Uh, and that's where all the good stuff happens. God does his best work in community. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. Uh, and so just count me as part of the community and it's easy to find community members that want to be found.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Bob, I love you. I thank you so much for taking the time and oh, I look man, forward. We, we should be back out there, uh, early spring to see you at the Oaks.
1: Oh, come on. I'll I'll make a paper chain. Okay.
0: <laughs> we'll see you then. All
1: right, buddy. Love to the family. All so right. Grateful for you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Bob. And if you want to keep up with Bob, again, you can go to lovedoes.org. You can also just follow him on social media at golf G-O-F-F, and uh, find out more about all the things, the workshops they're doing, the Dream Big, uh, books, um, Love Does, all the ways they're serving across uh, this country and others. And so, um, man, I just tell you, when you meet somebody like Bob, you get, you get to be in a relationship with someone who... Doesn't just let ideas sit, but instead jumps on them and tries to be obedient to them and moves forward with them. It's a pretty special person. So my my prayer coming out of this conversation is that there's something in each of us right now, and maybe God's stirring it. Maybe it's something you've been thinking about a long time. But what would it look like this week for you to actually just move a little bit towards it? Maybe a step. Maybe more than a step. But what would it look like to actually take a step uh, towards your health? A step towards a dream, a step towards your family, a step towards a hobby, or steps towards just getting a little bit better. And that would be our prayer and our heartbeat for today's conversation. So thanks for listening. Again, Compassion International, go check them out, and then um, keep up with Love Does and Bob Golf anywhere you want to keep up with it. So thanks for listening. Go to uh, 1010project.com to keep up with what we're doing, and uh, we're grateful for you. We'll talk to you next time.
1: I saw you the other night. Down the street, you were walking. I remember when I held you tight. I felt like a millionaire. And you were laughing and carrying on. The sky was pink and yellow. And I'm okay, but it hurt you're gone. I just
0: took a deep breath and stared. I'll get over you in time.
1: I'm not.